More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best views of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Another Tuesday, that means we're back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. As always, we are extremely grateful for everybody that tunes in. Week four was a good one. Here to discuss it, as always, Mitch Sorensen. What's up, Mitch? What's going on? I was telling you before the show, like every player you have on the show sheet, I'm really excited to talk about. And normally I'll go in because I know there's going to be rapid fire. So I'll like put a little idea in there and what I'm t- I don't want to. This time I'm just going to fully go off the cup because I love all of these guys. So I'm going to rank them stupidly high. And then we got the Phillies fan himself, the Phillies fanatic, if you will. We said we'll get you out of here at a normal time tonight, Dan. Uh, of course, we're joined by Dan Lamagna. What's up, man? Man, I'm switching gears to the dynasty brain here. It's been a junior high 14 nothing win from the little tykes to the Phillies game. And now it's, man, there was a lot of week four excitement. And, and Mitch is right, man. You have a nice list put together tonight. Well, it kind of worked out well because we didn't do the episode last week. Mm-hmm. And I sent you guys the show notes in advance. And then we had some things pop up. But we, some of the, like the first topic, it, it worked out perfectly because a lot of the guys that I want to discuss last week, they came through in week four and performed at a high level. So let's get right into it. Rookie takeover this year, we have so many guys contributing, you know, maybe not necessarily in week one, and then we'll get to that with the first player here, but guys that are stepping up early and not just playing well, playing at an elite level from a production standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, and as a result, the inflated dynasty values. So Mitch, I want to start with the first guy here because you and I, we were super high on him yep. uh, going into the NFL draft premier landing spot, third round draft capital to the Miami dolphins. That is, and I, his, the pronunciation has changed several times here mm-hmm. on this young man's name, but Devon H I think I got yes, that right. That's right. Yep. He came out. In week three, just exploded. One of the premier fantasy games that I can remember, you know, over 200 yards, four touchdowns, just, you know, a game against the Denver Broncos defense, which is, let's be honest, it's like Swiss cheese, but the team scores 70 points. And then he comes out here in week four and not quite what he did in week three, but still on minimal touches, over a hundred rushing yards, a couple touchdowns. So Devon Achan, Mitch, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts overall here? Yeah, a little you feel a little bit of vindication, don't you? A little bit. Like I love it. I absolutely love it. And then you look at his stats and it's like, 
25 or 27 carries for like 300 yards. <laughs> and he has like four touchdowns. And you're like, how is this possible? But this is also what this offense does. It's why we buy into Tyreek and Waddle and Mostert before this is because they can produce this thing because they have Mike McDaniel, you know, calling the plays, who's a brilliant, brilliant play caller. So for me, I'm all over HN. And I actually, I sent him out in an offer before this weekend's games. I was trying to, I was a little greedy. It was like, I don't I think it was like Burks and HN for Jacobs and Ridley, something like that. Something that was, you know, asking a little bit, but now the same, it was declined. Now that manager came to me, he was like, hey, can we revisit that trade? And I'm like, sorry, man, that boat sailed. Yeah, it's always interesting. And it's happened both ways where you might send an offer out. I'll send something to Dan, just using you for an example. And we're like, okay, well, it didn't work out for this week. Let's revisit. And then they'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that deal. I'm good now. Oh, the price has changed. And of course, it goes both ways, right? You, you kind of take that risk that the player's not going to perform or an injury or whatever may happen. But Dan, HN, I don't know that you were necessarily as high as on him as Mitch and myself coming into the, the you know rookie process and then post-NFL draft leading to our rookie drafts. But what are your thoughts on what you've seen over the last two weeks and that tremendous bounce back really from a value perspective after not even being active week one? I love the bounce back. And if you have them on a roster, boy, what an added value right now that you probably didn't expect at the running back position. I love what they're doing in Miami. You know, Mitch touched on that, the creativity of the offense. And I think he's going to be a weapon going forward. I temper expectations a little bit. Like I realize he's the you know leading scorer the last two weeks, but like 203 yards in one week. I mean, it's a little bit inflated there. I, I think <laughs> he only had eight carries last game and three receptions. So that's like what 11 touches there. Now, boom, 101 yards, two touchdowns. He, he maximized that. Like that team is so fast between Mostert. Tyreek Hill, Waddle, like they are putting guys in motion and hitting you at all different angles, and they hit the Bills with with A-chan last week. Now, Buffalo played a good game, but like I give that team credit. They're heading in a good direction. So I think you want to temper expectations, but you definitely got a a weapon. Is it a sell high now, though, guys? Like, like, could you get – what was that trade you were talking about? You said Josh – you threw Josh Jacobs' name out there before. Yeah, I was – Going to get Jacobs and Ridley for a chain, and I believe it was Burks, but I could be off on that wide receiver. I'd be trading away. Like that's a little tempting to me there. Like I like Jacobs was warming up this last game. Like he was starting to look like old Jacobs again a little bit there. I don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley. I, I like to think he's there's going to be better days ahead, but not saying that's a deal you do because Achan's 21 years old, but it could be worth talking about. JB seems to be feeling it. Maybe there, there's a little Calvin Ridley in the distance there. That's Christian that Kirk. Oh, Christian, you're, you're pointing in a different direction. That's I'm right. I forgot about Kirk. that. I told you I'm the only person on the planet that has a framed eight by eleven of Christian <laughs> Kirk, and I live in Pittsburgh. Like, what are we doing here, guys? But listen, Achan, out of rookie running backs with at least five targets, there's only four that have at least 1.00 yards per route run. It's Bijan then Achan, then Roshan, then Gibbs. 
the big play potential. Yes, we're not going to count on 200 yards rushing every game. We're not going to count on two touchdowns and 100 yards on 11 touches. But if we can get that 1.5 to 1.75 fantasy points per touch, give us 10 to 12 touches. And that's what we talked about coming into the season. Now, were the expectations, you know, we, we were hit hard in week one, Mitch. It was a little depressing. All right. But now we're back and we talk about the big play potential. 65.7% of his rushing yardage is on breakaway plays, So gains of at least 15 yards. Next highest rookie, Tajay Spears at only 32%. And I say only 32%. That's still extremely high. Mm-hmm. Out of all running backs, not just rookies, he's number two, only behind Brees Hall. And we see those big chunk plays that Brees Hall, he's super elusive. You know, by far, you look at elusive ratings on whatever scale, whatever grading system you want to look at, he's at the top of the charts. He is not pass blocked once. So you always have that that in the back of your mind, especially Dan. Hey, is there going to be a player? You know, we're really excited for him from a rushing and receiving perspective, but is he going to be a liability in the passing game because he can't block? This team does not ask their running backs outside of really Alec Ingold, who's a fullback, to block in the passing game. And he's number one in the NFL in yards after contact per attempt with at least 20 rushing attempts at 6.93. Real man. He is elusive. He is compact. Now, what happens if he really gets lit up? Is he going to be like that? Well, you know, like a Mr. Potato Head with all his parts flying up all everywhere. Who knows? But in the meantime, there's nothing but excitement for this mm-hmm. kid. So let me get to it. The rapid fire here. Yep. Mitch, we're going to start with you. So we're going to go Mitch Dan, Mitch Dan. Okay. A-Chan or Brees Hall? <laughs> I'll take Brees. <laughs> Brees. A-Chan or ETN? God, like ETN. Yeah. I'll go say, but I don't know if ETN's even good. A-chan or Swift? A-chan. Yep, same. Say, listen, we were going Mitch first every time there. Now let's he, he was at... delaying too long, so I, I, oh, hopped, yeah, I hopped sorry. in. I hopped, I hopped yeah. in. That was my bad. Now, th- this set, let's start with Dan. We're going to go cross-positionally here. 12-team super flex, plus six, minus four scoring for quarterbacks, so six points for passing touchdowns, minus four for interceptions. Just a typical start 10 league. A-Chan or Justin Fields? A-Chan. Yeah, I think it's A-Chan, which is so funny. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. And this is with Justin Fields, who just put up, what, a top three, top four week for fantasy points? With a good good blocking JB, you would have done that versus Denver as well. Listen, you give me too much credit. I'd have a broken leg on the very first play. All right. Dan Achan or Deshaun Watson, same settings. Watson. Watson. Mitch Achan or DK Metcalf? Metcalf. Metcalf. And then Dan Achan or Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith. Achan. All right. So some variety there, some mixing and matching, varying results. But I think that kind of shows you where the, you know, the, the stratosphere at this point, the company that A-Chan is keeping, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 12-team Superflex, A-Chan or Brock Purdy? A-Chan. Purdy. Ah, mixed, mixed feelings there. But if anything, so I think what this tells us, 
Now, it could be skewed a little bit because maybe one person saying A-chan has a lot of A-chan rostered and the person answering the other <laughs> players might not, you know, be. but that happens on the, in the all the different outlets that we look at and all the different valuations that we look at. But if anything, this could tell us there is a market if you're looking to trade A-chan away, there's a market to acquire him at this inflated cost. If you're looking to acquire him, there might be some folks that are willing to to just get that bump in value now because you know maybe they're just looking to cash in. And Jeremy at Dynasty Daddy, we love you too, man. Love me some Dynasty Theory. Uh, you know, I'm pulling up all these trades that they're coming right from from the Daddy himself over there at Dynasty Daddy. Uh, here, a quick question from Mike: Twelve team start ten PPR. Mm-hmm. 0.75 tight end premium sending James Connor and Mike Evans for Gibbs Gibbs send the man ship him. He ship also has, heads. he also has Kyron Williams, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Keenan DK, Christian Kirk, three twenty-four firsts. He doesn't have his own 24, 25 firsts. This is one and three. He lost Higgins. Uh, yeah. It's certainly worth the, the uh, attempt here. You know, but I think what's interesting here with the additional context, he's one in three, doesn't have his own 24 first, the potential trade partner. So it doesn't make sense to try to, you know, not to compete because of the lack of draft capital next year. So maybe they do kind of double down and dig their heels in and Gibbs isn't producing the way fantasy managers want nine to 10 fantasy points per game give me the production in Connor and Evans is something that somebody could be thinking. So I think it's a fair offer. I think it's a strong offer. If you know this league mate and they're looking to add that points to their, their roster, I'm going to make it a clean sweep though. Give me Gibbs. I, you know, hasn't been exactly what we want so far, but I think that utilization is going to continue to see an uptick. So that was the chair. Just so you guys know, that was the chair. If you heard anything squeak, I uh I wasn't passing gas over here. I'll let you know if it's me. All right. All right. So from a pick perspective, Mitch, would you send like where are you if one for one HN or a 24 first? I'll Where's send that? my contending first? Actual contender, real contender for him. If I'm hoping to make playoffs, no, I'm not doing it. Okay. Now if you're a real contender, like let's say you're four and oh. Mm-hmm. First in all play, first and probably have points. a chance already, but it's okay. Keep going. Would, would you move your first and second? No, no, I don't think it'll cost that much to be honest with you, Dan. You know, I love trading draft picks, so yeah, if I take the first and the second, <laughs> I want to win. I want to win this year. I'd probably get something else thrown in that, though. I, I agree yeah. with Mitch. I think a first, a late first is enough. Yeah, yeah, that's where we are. Um, I can say I would not move. Achan for a late first. And Mitch, if you are 4 0 and you are in that position that I previously mentioned with your mm-hmm. all play percentage being top of the charts, and you sent me your first and second, I can't say with 100% certainty that I'd be accepting of if course, I had Achan. You wouldn't if I sent it. You would if anyone else would. But now, now that's not true. We got a trade done earlier today, but let's not, let's not slow things down here. Another uh, rookie. Well, let me Dan, just, let me just one like cherry on top to closing thought there. Through four weeks, again, there's some perspective, but all in all, like, Achan is in that category with Gibbs right now. Bijan probably gets more touches in the, you know, in the run game, which is nice. 
but the state of the running back position as a whole, like I look at these guys who through the last couple of weeks when H hands went off, it's an ugly running back group. So from a dynasty perspective, you know, Hey, if I'm going to get three, four catches a game and he's 22 years old, that's attractive on my roster right now before having most of the guys on this list mm-hmm. that I don't know if they're going to have a job next year. That's not everybody. I mean, there's some other attractive running backs, but he's put himself in a very safe, comfortable category on a dynasty roster. And forget about safe from a weekly production standpoint, because let's say he yeah, has I'm talking a... safe next year, John. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, but he, he has shown that he can, you know, let's say they add another running back next year and Moster and Jeff Wilson, they're an afterthought. Obviously, Jeff Wilson's been on IR up to this point, but A-Chan has shown that he can just do this in a committee, mm-hmm. you know, so give him that 10 to 12 touches and he's okay. But let's say his weekly floor is zero, okay? How many other running backs right now can we confidently say they could drop a 40-burger right there? You know, so we could look at consistency all we want. What's 10 to 12 points getting us? You know, uh, you know, Javante Williams, James Cook, DeAndre Swift obviously can get into those 20s. But you saw in really his first full game popping off 50-some points. Is that going to happen on a weekly basis? No. But the weekly risk is far outweighed by the weekly reward in that boom potential. Yeah. Long as he's getting snaps and involved, hey, if he gets those three, four catches a game and gets some touches in a running game – that floor is not going to kill you compared to some of those examples that you had. Like, I, I think he could definitely help you really quick before we transition to the next rookie. It's been, eight, it's been 18 minutes. No, no, no. If you said a fast show, you get questions in the chat. I'm not going to ignore people, Mitch. I'm not you who just ignores trade offers, right? If they're horrible, I'll ignore them every day of the week. Just re- just to decline it. Don't send bad offers. I don't, I told you, I, I phrased it differently, but I'll keep it PG. I said, I don't do that crap. Mitch. All right. Is, is Dobbs a reliable wide receiver? Like, let's say, can we count on him as our wide receiver three? For me, give it one more week. What we saw is Musgrave got hurt very early in that game last week. Christian Watson came in. He had the touchdown, but, you know, he was in a limited role. Aaron Jones was also in a limited role. Give it one more week to see how this offense is. If you really want to believe he's reliable, then sure. But for me, He's someone I'm okay holding off on for one week because even if he is putting up another eight-target game, he's not going to be that expensive to go get, even if he does it for one more week. So I'm willing to wait. Yeah, I think you define reliable too. Like I think that's legitimately a role he has, but I don't think it's going to be week to week. I think it's going to be matchup dependent, the hot hand, how well Jordan loves playing. I think he'll have a few more of those games, but I wouldn't expect it every single week. All right. Well, Mitch, I saw a tweet from you earlier today beautiful tweet that cj i thought i'd get more reaction i'm a little upset that it didn't to be honest with you that cj stroud you know what i saw it i don't even know if i liked it i know he probably didn't hater man i know but cj stroud is a top eight dynasty quarterback from the words of mitchell Sorensen. defend that defend it it's true he is better than trevor lawrence i'm sorry he is like we've hyped up trevor lawrence because he was a better prospect coming into the nfl We do it with these dynasty players all the time. We still do with Kyle Pitts to this day. Hey, we love him in college. He's going to be amazing in the NFL. And Trevor Lawrence has actually somewhat lived up to it. But watch, CJ. All that I'm going to say is just 
No one watches a lot of Houston Texans games, right? Watch one. The dude, like, his release is so fast, and every single pass he throws is on target. Dude is just accurate. And I think what happened for me going into this draft is we hear a lot lot of – we've had this kind of quarterback before, right? He's really accurate, but he doesn't – nothing is perfect, right? He doesn't have that elite, elite trait. Well, I'm telling you his release is elite, and everything – that that offense is doing right now is awesome. He's playing with a banged up offensive line and is doing amazing. Tell me what, what every single quarterback's excuse is right now in the NFL. Well, he's not good because the offensive line is terrible. The offensive line for the Texans is terrible. He's going out there beating people with Nico Collins and takedown. Like, dude is awesome. Now, let me let me say, there was a lot of discourse prior to the NFL draft and post-NFL draft on who did you prefer, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? And, Dan, I think you were pretty vocal about being on that Bryce Young train. You know, that that S2 score. Well, that S2 score is in the garbage right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the garbage because it doesn't matter. But anyway, Dan, what do you think about C.J. Stroud? Well, CJB, you've coached me well over the years and have taught me not to have any take lock and reevaluate the situations. And, you know, I normally love a good challenge flag, but with Mitch here's, Mitch here's take, man, my ta- my challenge flag is tucked way deep. Ooh. It's not coming anywhere near out right now because he is spot on. I mean, that college game versus Georgia that we says, hey, if that's the CJ Stroud that's going pro when he played those elite guys and showed us he could run and move, that's what we're seeing in the National Football League. And, and Mitch is probably even understating the state of that offensive line because he's been doing this without a run game. Pierce ran a little bit better this week, but the three weeks before, there was no run game taking the pressure off. They had three, four starters out on the O-line, and he's performing. He's gotten the best out of Nico Collins. I think you do got to give these receivers some credit because Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell are, are really stepping up. You know, Schultz is a solid role player in there at tight end. There's nowhere to go but up. I'm really interested to see as this O-line gets better throughout the year and he keeps getting more experience, and then, boy, you give him an offseason. And, and I think Mitch's hottest take there was, you know, not just top eight, but putting him over Trevor Lawrence. As much as I love Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we are overhyping a little bit. It hasn't been consistent, and there's been enough time to really produce, and you get Ridley and you have an extra weapon. Stroud has surpassed that in four weeks. I, I don't want to overreact to four weeks, but I think he's shown us uh, that this, this really looks for real. One of three quarterbacks with at least 100 dropbacks with zero interceptions. The other two, Brock Purdy. And as everybody guessed, Joshua Dobbs, number three in yards per attempt at eight, only behind Brock Purdy and Tua. He moves the chains, third most first downs among quarterbacks, only behind Tua and Stafford, supporting weapons. He has been able to do that. Nico Collins, wide receiver seven. You heard me right Mm -hmm. through the first month of the season and Tank Dell at wide receiver 23 in total points. And Houston is a top 10 offense in the percent of drives they have as an offense that end in a score. That is pretty incredible when you take into account the offensive line. Two two of their starters, I believe, were missing against the Steelers. You, You take into account the lack of a run game like Dan brought up. And just a brand new head coach in D'Amico Ryans and the rookie quarterback himself with weapons that 
are either undersized or haven't really produced up to this point in the NFL. You know, uh, in all of this, with my man Dalton Schultz really being a little contributor there, and it, it's going everywhere else, but even though Dalton had a pretty nice game here against the Steelers, but still just super impressive. So it leads us into the rapid fire. So, Mitch, let's start with you. Stroud or Lawrence? Stroud. Now, let me say this is ignoring cost because in most situations you can probably get a plus with Stroud, yes. but this is just one or the other. Head. This is what I'm doing. Yep. Dan? Stroud, and I'm going to try for that after the show, gentlemen. Man, Trevor. Trevor's an old veteran now. Nobody wants him. All right, Stroud or – man, he just keeps coming up. Stroud or Justin Fields? So, really, JP? Really? Uh, how about Justin Fields and the 105 in next year's pit draft or Stroud? I'm taking Stroud. I take Matthew Stafford over Justin Fields. Never mind Stroud. All right, and then Stroud or Bryce Young? <laughs> Stroud. Stroud. I threw that in as a little jab to Dan. Thanks. Uh, thanks cross positionally, 12 team super flex, start three wide receivers, plus six, minus four for quarterback scoring. Dan, Stroud or Tyreek Hill? Stroud. Stroud. Stroud or CD Lamb? Oh, go after my heart, man. <laughs> start three receivers. I'll go CD on that one. Yeah, I'll go with my cowboy love. That's tough, though. I don't. Uh... All right, Dan, since Mitch jumped the gun there, let's start with you here. C.J. Stroud or Kenneth Walker? C.J. Stroud. Yeah, same. Stroud or J.T.? Stroud. Stroud. Stroud or Brees Hall? Stroud. Stroud. All right, so, uh, you know, you talk about meteoric rises. C.J. Stroud, obviously, he has, like, the fact that he has thrown no interceptions up to this point on a team that has had to throw the ball because they their defense, I'm well, except against the Steelers, because the Steelers make every defense defense look elite. Uh, a battle for the ages would be the Broncos defense versus the Steelers offense. What would happen? Like, I, I don't know. Something's got to give. Uh, look at some of the comments here. Ryan, zero interceptions through four weeks. Balling out. CJ Stroud, that is. Greg says, my rookie draft strategy this summer when selecting the second rookie quarterback was to alternate Young and Stroud. Wish I had 100% Stroud right now. Me too, Greg. Mm -hmm. And then Drew says, is Fields worth anything? No. This is the week to sell. Yeah, There's still there's truthers out there. Here's the thing. If you can't sell after this week and just from a production standpoint, you're going to be stuck with them. Yep. You're going to be stuck with them. Um, you know, can you maybe get, can you get a late first in a 12 team super flex league? No. I, I don't if you're a quarterback desperate team, maybe. Yeah. If you're a contender, you're not trading for fields with your first. You're going to trade for someone else that will actually, you know, be good. Yeah. The schedule is a little soft coming up. I mean, there could still be some points. I mean, he's not oh, getting, will. he's not What's getting benched help? anytime soon. So he's going to yeah. score, but this is the cell window. Do you think there's any trade possibility here? I mean, Atlanta is the one that would make sense, I think. Yeah. There should be. I would hope there would be, but. I wonder if that whole coaching staff in front office with the Bears are just waiting the next 10 weeks before they're fired, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, man, there's only one tight end in the NFL right now. Only one rookie or veteran with at least 20 targets and over two yards per route run demanding a target on a staggering 
26% of his routes. That is the man, Sam Laporta. Mm-hmm. Dan, have you been impressed? Listen, during the offseason, during our rookie mock episodes, I said this is going to be just an incredible class. It's going to be historic. And Sam, Sam Laporta, he has had a historic first month. He is carrying that torch. But, hey, that tur- the torch. The torch is still burning, though, gentlemen. The torch <laughs> you know, he, is still he's burning. He's carrying the tight end position here, JB. You hyped up every tight end on the, the list there pre-draft, pal. From a, from a value perspective, where's Dalton Kincaid? Top six. Gosh. Where's Luke Musgrave? Top 13, top 14. You're only saying value because every other tight end is terrible. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> then uh, it drops. Then it drops. But, but hey, uh, still an incredible historic run to start the season for Sam Laporta. So the fact that we're still using the word historic here, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that lap. I'm okay. Take that. But don't okay. ask me about my, about my Michael Mayer shares, please. It's very, uh, it's very upsetting right now. Uh, okay. So uh, Mitch, where is he for you on the tight end spectrum? Because, you know, is there any such thing right now as too high? Like, what would you willingly add? This question came up in the Discord the other day. Mm-hmm. Sam, Lepo- oh. Ma- make sure you tell Mitch JB not to be a Homer Lions fan here. Okay, not- we want non-biased analysis. Wait, Dan's really bringing that <laughs> yeah, point up. Hey, we're not talking about the Cowboys. That's fair. That's, that's fair. What, that's what Mitch it. gives me the lecture. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But we got this question, and it was it was a great conversation. What are you really going to add to Sam Laporta for Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews at this point? See, for me, if I see, I have the option to get all three of them, right? I think I want Andrews first, Laporta second, Kelsey last out of those three. If I have Laporta, I would not trade him for Kelsey under any circumstance. I don't think there's with Andrews. I could see myself moving Laporta for Andrews just because I still think he is the head of the tight end world right now but that's how close it is i mean laporta is a top three guy and he could be tight end one really if you are in a rebuild at all he should be your tight end one because he is going to continue to grow and grow and grow and look if he keeps putting up points at an 85 percent of the rate that he has already going into next season he's tight end one dan and, uh, i mean i think oh, i think i think that's very you know, a valid conversation there and valid point. So Dan, this is another one that pops up constantly and it was happening over the last few weeks and you you really saw it swing because things haven't changed in Atlanta. And now the question is in a 12 team super flex two PPR for tight ends, typical star 10. What do you need added to Kyle Pitts to get uh, your Sam Laporta? Something very good. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like CD lamb. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be something with really, you know, probably a first round draft pick. I mean, cause like Pitts, Pitts is you're, you're holding on to him, hoping he someday gets a quarterback. He, he has no, I mean, he's better than a bum. Cause he's young. Like a lot of these other guys in the tight end front. He you know, that, is that's better than a bum. That yeah, is and when I say compliment. bum, it's like, I mean, look at the, look at the state of the tight end position here. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't want Zach Ertz. You don't want Jonu Smith. You you know, even David Njuko. I mean, like, Tyler Conklin, K-Dot. And, like, they're okay guys. But that's the extent of what I would want Kyle Pitts more than because I don't want those guys. 
but after that, man, I, oh man, the tight end position's ugly. So, so I mean, Mitch is right. I mean, other than Mark Andrews, you don't really want anyone on that list. Um, I still love Kincaid, but the way the Bills are using him, I would much rather have Sam Laporta, and that pains me to say that. But I, I would trade my Kincaid shares for Laporta just based on the situation. The disrespect for Evan Ingram still. He's he's he's, he's, he's white. He's coming he's close t- to dust. He's 29. Yeah, I'm he, go he's a wide receiver. That, he's a 29-year-old wide receiver, JB. That is what he is, a 29-year-old wide receiver. You tell me any 29-year-old wide receivers on your roster, you are looking to move him, JB, unless you're contending. Do, do hey, I, you, I love Ingram this year if I'm a contender, but that's about it. I, give me Sam Laporta by far, a dynasty. Nobody said Engram over Laporta, but you're saying that you're you just went down to David and Joku, Kate Otten, saying the state of the tight end position is garbage, and in fact it is. Your best that, argument's a 29 year old wide receiver playing tight end. If the wide receivers that you're talking about here hypothetically got me two points per reception, yeah, I would want them on my team. But yes, but in Dynasty at age 29, that that's a perfect sell window right now of Evan Ingram. Go get yourself Laporta. You that that is not the what are you talking about? You put him in the conversation of very good tight ends. You put you put him he, in the I feel you put he, him in the Laporta class. No, I just make sure I'm making go, sure I'm protecting go, you. Here. Go over to Patreon.com like forward slash Dynasty Theory. Look at the tiers. All right, they're not in the same tier. But you also right. just got done speaking about the tight end position as a whole yeah, and the, brought up David and Joku, and Did you did you not just do that? I did, but the best example you had to throw in the mix. Your best example is Evan Ingram, who's a because he was, he was wide receiver playing tight end. Because he was a name that wasn't mentioned. Why wouldn't you mention the tight end four on the season right now? Why wouldn't why wouldn't he be mentioned at all? Because he's twenty nine. This is a dynasty theory, not redraft weekly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was funny. I, so that's all. I, mean, I this is my age discrimination moment as the as the senior member of this podcast you know i, I have age issues ageism I, I i i just i i don't know how how we got here guys because like uh, take us back man take us back hey, wait, bring us back he, didn't you just acquire darren waller off of me for a trade involving a first two weeks ago it was a win now and i got something else in that deal and I now it became it a lose now point. because you have darren waller and you didn't go after evan ingram yeah, but I got something else. Well, you gave me something else in that with Waller. Ah, uh, my guy, Kyron Williams. It's Kyron. Thank Ooh. you, JB. See, yeah, see how he left that out, Mitch? How, yeah. how, how convenient that was. All right, was. well, listen, I need to reiterate because I don't need anybody saying, well, you know, I heard that idiot on Dynasty Theory. I do not have Evan Ingram in the same tier as Sam Laporta. Let that be known. Somehow that got misconstrued here. That's fair. That's fair. I, I'm just saying he was a name that has not been mentioned. We before that we mentioned Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Laporta, Kincaid, Pitts, and Joku. I mean, again, Otten, you brought up. Just I want to give the guy some credit here, okay? Uh, so yeah, if anyone heard that typing in the background for a second, that was John removing Evan Ingram from the Laporta tier. Just so you know. <laughs> I wasn't typing anything. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, man. Hey, to, to bring us back, we are all on the same page, though. I mean, he is rookie takeover from our analysis going into the draft to the prospect he was to the, you know, the Lions giving up on Hawkinson, who's no slouch. He's the top tight end, I believe, right now over four weeks. And then the situation he is, he had the George Kittle endorsement. Like, everything is up 
and his performance is backing it up right now on the field. All right, Mitch, are you taking Laporta over Pitts, Kelsey, and Hawkinson? Yes. Not together, separately. Because next, well, next, maybe. Dan, <laughs> next Dan will say you're taking Laporta over all three. You Give know. it a week. Uh, Dan, what about you? Overall, let me ask. All right, cross-positionally, 12-team Superflex, 2 PPR for tight ends, plus 6, minus 4 for quarterback scoring. Dan Laporta or Jordan Love? Laporta. Same. Laporta or Ayuk? Laporta. Same. Laporta or Gibbs? Oof. <laughs> it's a tie. Oof. I need an answer, Dan. I, I got to take Laporta right now. 12-team, I'm keeping Gibbs. 14-team, I'll go Laporta. I'm going to go Evan Ingram. No, I'm going to go Laporta over over Gibbs for the record. I did. Ben, I have age issues. Ageism, FF coach Dan. Love you, Ben. That might be – we might talk to Dynasty Theory HR tomorrow. Okay, so Sam Laporta, highly sought after, of Mm -hmm. course. Uh, You know, from a a pick perspective, in 2PPR – as things stand today, I'd be right around that twenty four one oh five. Yep, same. I, I that there's gonna that top four right now, mm-hmm. unless Caleb Williams and his dad end up staying at USC. You know, we got Caleb, we got Drake, we got Harrison, and we got Brock. I'm gonna take all of them. But I then the conversation comes in play. Well, why not take Laporta over Brock? You know, so we'll we'll see. But I think comfortably, I would move the twenty four one oh five right now in either start two tight ends or two PPR for tight ends. We talked about this gentleman a couple weeks ago, but I just want to bring him up very quickly because he's still hot. He's on fire. Is he going to continue it when Cooper Cup comes back? But Puka Nakua, he is tied with Devontae Adams for the most targets in the league, 50. He is at 2.98 yards per route run through one month. That is elite. He is up there right next to Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Adams, Keenan, Amon Ross St. Brown. So, Dan, quick rapid fire here. 12 team super flex, two PPR, whatever. Puka or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Same. Puka or Tony Pollard? Puka. Pollard. Puka. And based on fantasy calc, this is where we are. Based on actual trades that have gone through, Puka or Dak Prescott? (laughs) Dak. 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 And then Puka or T Higgins. We were wondering, somebody in the chat said last week, I bet you we see, and this is after the injury took place, I bet you we see a Puka for T Higgins. They're right next to each other right now. I take Puka. I'll take Puka. Ooh. Me and T have never really got along. <laughs> I, I ever since you took Denzel Mims over him, but I don't That's bring right. up old. Oh, that was a jab by me. I apologize. All right, so again, not to get into too much detail there, but uh, you know, let's talk about him a little bit real quick. Does he does does this continue when Cooper Cup comes back? I think it continues, but you lose. I mean, Cup's going to be the man, so. You know, I'd rather a sun god or a lamb over Puka because I, I do think he's going to be that, you know, number two receiver there. But there's enough volume. Stafford's playing out of his mind. It's the way the offense is run. I think it's going to continue. And just clarification, Mitch, I think with the Pollard, I know you, made, you raised the eyebrows. Uh-huh. I mean, I love Tony Pollard. I'm a Cowboys fan. I just I'm looking at next year. He's going to be a 27-year-old receiver versus a 22-year-old wide receiver. So it's, it's, that, it's that age thing again. The running backs at some point, it's going to. 
you know. All right. I'm glad Nick, to see you're such an ageist now. I love Nick, it. Somebody abducted Dan. It's like, invade, you know, October's here. Spooky season is officially upon us. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. That is an alien over there. It is not really Dan Lamagna because now he's talking about youth and draft picks. What world do we live in? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't like it. So, Mitch, realistically speaking, from a production yeah. standpoint, Puka still top 24 rest of season when Cup comes back? Close to. I think so. I think you could compare him and Devontae Smith really close to each other. I think we'll see Cup come in and do the A.J. Brown sort of thing. Probably more targets than A.J. Brown, maybe less touchdowns. But more, Puka, more, maybe more volume, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more volume. And then Puka will do his thing. I, I really like it. I, I, mean, I like his price point now, and I'm willing to go get him. Supporting facts here, like Tutu Atwell is 20 right now. So the number two receiver who is not as good as Puka is a, is a top 24 receiver for the Rams right now. Yeah, so. that's a good point. And, I mean, you could look at it once you get outside of the, you know, upper echelon receivers. It's just a big cluster, really. Uh, I, I will say this. here: If there was one concerning fact about Puka is Stafford's 35. Like, how how many years do we get of Matthew Stafford I worry about when that chapter changes just because you don't know the future of the Rams as a cat, you know, maybe they get salary cap and they find that quarterback, but yeah, that's definitely a concern. It's a valid point. When you look at some of these, these wide receivers that are up there in terms of dynasty value and the quarterback position and maybe uncertainty in the near future, like a Chris Olave, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, we have the situation this year and then is Aaron Rodgers back next year. Then what happens? We got Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill. They're okay from a quarterback perspective. D.K. Metcalf, Stephon Diggs. And then you look at Devontae Adams, who's playing with Aiden O'Connell, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Dan LaMagna. So, you know, you look at – but then age comes into play. Devontae Adams is 30. Puka's, what, 22, 23. So, you know, I, Mitch, would you – make that same trade today that we made one or two weeks ago. It was my 25 first for Puka in a 12-team start for In that league, yes, because that league, I'm trying to secure that 101 no matter what. So, yeah, I would do that in that league. If that was my only option, I would assume I could get more now, but if that's my only option for a trade, I would still do it. All right, valid point. All right, we're going to remove the one player here because I don't think anybody's considering a bounce back for Justin Fields. But, Dan, bounce back or time to bounce on Joe Burrow? Bounce back in 2024? Does that count? Yeah, that, that counts. Yeah. I think he definitely bounces back, but I would be concerned about it being this season. I mean, Joe Burrow, he's putting himself in a situation where he's going to be one of those ideal trade candidates for, I mean, anybody really, but especially contenders. Or rebuilding teams, right? He's a guy long-term. Like, I, I still love Joe Burrow, and I, I would want him. If there's a player of, like, equal value, I'm not sure who the comparison is. Maybe Justin Herbert. Like, I am worried a little bit about Burrow's body breaking down. Like, every single year he's going in with an injury. What's going to be the long-term effects? Yeah, I'm not letting that scare me away now, but, you know, if I'm going after a Herbert who just seems a lot healthier although they're his coach is an idiot that's the only problem there but at least Kellen Moore's got that offense clicking I would I wouldn't be surprised this week if maybe we saw a burrow for CJ Stroud somewhere I wouldn't be surprised if we saw I mean I actually think there might be situations where people would add to Joe Burrow as a contender now I'm not advocating for this but I'm just saying I think we could see it let's clear the air there as well 
for Anthony Richardson. I for Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, uh, certainly two up because of the production. We could see somebody tearing off of and tearing down from Joe Burrow to get, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins plus with a, a large plus, but a plus that would not have been possible a month ago. I think you need to be really careful with a Burrow type of team, too, because you were probably going to the season because you had Burrow. You're like, I'm a contender. I have Burrow. But now Burrow isn't as good. Are you still a contender if Burrow isn't good? Or was was your thinking going into the season that Burrow was going to be one of the reasons why you're a contender, right? And so if he's not as good, then all of a sudden does trading him still keep you as a contender? Or is him being bad just making you a middling team like everyone else in Dynasty? So I think it's really, really tough. For me, I... I don't have a lot of Burrow, but I'm not going to move him for a discount right now because I'm just 100% willing to sell off this year if I have to with a Burrow team because I know next year is going to be fine without a doubt. And so, you know, it's one of those things to where I'm not going to cripple my team in order to compete this year just because I have Burrow who has a bad leg right now. Now, there, I think there are a few situations where maybe you came in, maybe you had Burrow, Purdy, and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And you're still staying afloat yep. depending on how you played those matchups. But let's say you don't have your 24 first. Mm-hmm. You're three and one or four and oh. You have Joe Burrow and maybe a Russell Wilson and Brock Purdy, but then you have kind of an older roster because you were looking to contend. Do you do you, like I said earlier, do you double down? Do you dig your heels in? Or do you kind of play play it out over the next few weeks and see what happens? I compete. Yeah. That one I'm competing. I'm probably trying to get Lamar. Okay. okay. I'm How concerned much? the market's not there for Burrow either. Because for problem. some reason, like most often in past years of dynasty, when a guy's deal with injuries or in a little slump, people are going after him. Nobody's going after my Burrow shares, and I've got a few. I might be getting a nibble right now. Greg says he got a Tua for Burrow offer today. Uh, I I had them in the same tier. And honestly, I there's no situation right now where I trade my Tua for a Burrow. It just, it, you know, from yeah, a, offense is too potent. From a longer term perspective, for an immediate production perspective, it's just something that doesn't make sense. So, Burrow is just one of those interesting cases right now. You know, uh, a few years ago when Dak went out in week four or five or whenever it was and missed the rest of the season, I specifically remember Dan jumping on the pod and saying that he got an offer of like Ben Roethlisberger plus a piece for his Dak. You know, I like what what's going on here, and it's crazy the the sick things that I remember like that that have n- nothing to do with anything. But of course, I'm going to remember that, Dan. But it's it's always interesting when the higher end dynasty quarterbacks aren't necessarily producing. It opens up some opportunities. So I would get some feelers out there for Joe Burrow, even if you're not, even if you are contending, if you have the other pieces available at quarterback to get you through these struggles, you know, but then let's say this Bengals team loses two, three in a row. Is there any thought of shutting him down? Could happen. Is that crazy? Yeah. I mean, in that division, they'll probably need five or six losses because that division's terrible, but yeah, yeah, it could happen. Definitely by week 12, week 13, you could not have for the fantasy playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it, because of where he is as a quarterback in the dynasty asset. He's not going to drop too low yeah. from a cost perspective, 
but the production is certainly going to be potentially crippling to your team if you were relying on that high-end points uh, on a weekly basis. All right. Um, who's more likely to struggle moving forward? Mitch, Ramondre Stevenson, he's currently at 10.8 points per game PPR. That's running back 29 on a per-game basis. Or Javante Williams, currently 8.7 PPR points per game through three weeks. I wanted to get that injury game out of there. That's running back 35 on a per-game basis. So who is likely to struggle moving forward? Javante. I mean, he has the injury history. He has all that behind him. I do believe the Patriots are going to get better throughout the season. I don't have a whole lot of faith that that Broncos team is going to get better while they could score more points. I don't really know if that's going to help Javante score more points. Um, yeah. So I think Javante struggles are going to continue. And I think by the end of the year, he could be a running back three to four in dynasty as far as like between 36 and 50, as far as rankings go. I'm not sure. I agree, Mitch. I'm worried about Javante's health. Let's just say Javante's healthy for the sake yeah. of this conversation. If he's healthy, going into last game, I was optimistic that his workload was going to continue to increase and he might actually be good. And unfortunately, like two plays into the game or two carries and he hurts his hip or whatever he did and he's out. But New England's really ugly right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a Belichick guy. I'm a Ramondre guy. But this running game's worse than a year ago. And Mac Jones is not getting any better himself. And there's really no weapons at wide receiver. Like, this, this is kind of an ugly, ugly offense. So, like, I, I, have, I haven't seen anything that makes me think it's going to get better in New England. Whereas in Denver, that offense has to score, and they have kind of scored. The running game backs have produced to a degree. i just concerned about his health. If he's healthy, I like Javante. If not, then I'm with you, Mitch. I agree with Dan. I, I, you know, I give the edge to Javante from a potential turn it around this, but he's got to stay healthy. And that is a big if, you know, that, so that, if that's your concern, I think it's a very valid concern, but with Ramondre Stevenson, that new England offense, it, yeah, they just, they, they're coming off a game against that great Dallas defense, but throughout the season out of 51 qualifying running backs, Ramondre Stevenson ranks 50th in terms of yards after contact per attempt. The only running back he's ahead of Tony, Tony Jones. Oh, <laughs> and then in that same metric, Javante Williams, not great, but he's 37th out of 51. So, you know, I, but I, if I'm sitting here right now, based on Ramondre Stevenson on fantasy calc, these are based on actual trades. Uh, again, trades that you can go into, DynastyDaddy.com. Look at the trade database. It tells you exactly what the league settings are, the scoring, and it shows you where there's some opportunities to pivot. Ramondre Stevenson running back 16 versus Javante Williams at running back 22. I would gladly move Ramondre for Javante Williams plus any small piece. And I think it's possible. All right. One last topic here. Uh, well, similar topic between Dak at quarterback 25 per game or Trevor Lawrence at quarterback 22 per game, who is likely to continue to struggle? I don't think either of them continue to struggle. I really don't. I, I think they're two very talented quarterbacks on two very good football teams. I think you, you're having some early season bumps here and there, but I think they're both going to have big games ahead. 
I think it depends how you classify struggle. I think Dak has been good this year, to be honest, as far as quarterbacks go. But the only issue is that defense is so good, they don't have to score a lot of points. And so he's not having to try to do 300-yard games yet. So for me... Struggle fantasy-wise. Yeah, and I get that. I knew that's kind of what you're going with. So I'm going to say Dak because I think Dak's already been good. It's just that defense is so good it's made it so they haven't had to score points. I just know that defense doesn't really hold week over week over week. We can see four weeks from now a little bit of a different thing happening to where they're having to put up points. I just don't have any faith in the Jacks, to be honest with you. A few things here that I find interesting when digging into both these quarterbacks. I was shocked by this. Dak Prescott through four weeks has the most red zone passing attempts in the NFL. That's interesting. 32. They've struggled there, though, Three touchdowns. So a little more than a little less than 10% mm-hmm. conversion rate from attempts to touchdowns for context. The great Russell Wilson has seven touchdowns on 24 red zone attempts. So almost a third. So 10% versus 33%. Uh, but again, I talked about it with CJ Stroud and Houston Texans offense. Dallas is third in terms of ending their drives with a score 53%. More often than not, they are scoring either a field goal or a touchdown when their offense possesses the ball. There are 31 quarterbacks with at least 100 dropbacks. Dak is tied with Bryce Young for the lowest A dot average depth of target at 6.2. For context, he was at 8.7 last year. So in my head, I thought, what's the difference between last year and this year? Kellen Moore left and went to the Chargers. Last year, Justin Herbert was near the bottom at 7 He's towards the top at 9.1 this year. So I think the way they're attacking it, and and certainly, you know, it comes into play as well that Dak hasn't had to go out there and necessarily win games, so he doesn't have to drive the ball down the field, but that's still coming into play, and we care from a fantasy perspective. And then for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, I talked about 32 red zone attempts for Dak, 12 red zone passing attempts for Trevor Lawrence. Average depth of target, down from 7.8 to 7.2 touchdown rate down from 4.3 to 2.8. Even with the weapons he has, even with the number of passing attempts, they've had to go out there and throw. I would say out of the two, if I had to pick Trevor Lawrence will continue to struggle more so than Dak Prescott. And I do think it's because that defense is not going to continue down this path of two touchdowns per game as good as they are. So that that's the way I would lean there. Anything else? Any issues? No. Final thoughts. Dan, for the 220th time, before you log off and watch your Philadelphia, I almost said Eagles. Oh, my goodness. Philadelphia Phillies here. Such an eclectic taste for his sports teams. He's a Georgia Bulldogs, Dallas Cowboys, the Phillies, the Lakers. I think it's the fantasy sports player me, you know, it's like an individual players growing up and I just stuck, Mm -hmm. you know, those teams, but yeah, man, big week here, you know, Phillies in the playoffs, Cowboys Niners is like the biggest regular season game of the year. It's pretty huge, but final thoughts, man, just week five, you got the bye weeks. Don't forget about them. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Buccaneers all on a bye week. So really be careful with you, with your rosters. Don't panic, but, you know, maybe look for some trade opportunities to fill those bye week gaps. Um, there is a game in London again. It's uh, Jacksonville Buffalo. So be ready for that 930 a.m. London game as well. Mitch, what do you got for everybody? 
gonna say now is the time to look at the bottom teams because everyone wants to get that 101 draft pick right so people are willing to shed what they need to shed i'm not gonna be like hey look at this trade that i got from someone else who was a bottom team i'm a bottom team in this situation john's in the league as well i'm pretty sure maybe not in that one um i traded derrick henry and hollywood brown for a first a second and a third now i know that value isn't great but it helps me shed points. And if that means that I get to get the 101 instead of the 102, uh, then I'm getting equal value in that trade at the end of the day. So I think you could get a lot of trades like that done right now because people want to log in, lock in that 101 draft pick. Now, I will say, be very aware of what the bottom of your standings currently look like and what Mm -hmm. the potential points look like because there are going to be people over the next few weeks, they're trying to shed points. But that 101, 102, 103 might very well be locked in. And you're trying to catch up. But now you are just bleeding value yes. to try to get there. But you still end up with the 105 or 106. So just be very you know, aware of how that plays out over the next few weeks. And be realistic. Because I always say be realistic about your chances to win. Mm-hmm. But also be realistic about your chances to get that 101. So you're like, oh, yeah, my team stinks. But does it stink enough? <laughs> it might not. It might be might be more of a drink me kind of stink. There you go. There you go. Oh. All right. Well, anyway, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, like I said, the 220th episode, week four in the books. I can't believe we're a month into the season already. Week five is going to be a fun one. Like uh, Dan said, the bye weeks, the injuries, things are piling up, and you're looking at your teams, and oh, sometimes it can get ugly. But hopefully you enjoy the show. We'll be back next week for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. Everybody have a great week. Peace.